Welcome everyone to another episode of The Rodcast. I'm here with Pastor Rod and in the last episode we were talking about the importance of vision. Well, we want to kind of go into a bit more depth here and talk about how to wear the restraints of vision well and what that really means and why that is so important to in order to live a great life of vision. So Pastor Rod, I'd love for mm. you to just maybe share what this concept is and where we get it from in the Bible and why don't sure. we start there? Well, last time we talked about vision being such a, a life event, things that, that God has a plan, future, goals, passion, dreams, all those big, wonderful words we believe is from God. Um, but th- there's also a lot of people that have those dreams that don't fulfill them, that don't, don't, don't carry them through, follow them through. And this is often seen as regret later in life where people say, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd made that decision. Um, so as young as we can, like right now, let's make the right decisions because there is a restraint to vision. You, ca- you can't just say, I've got a vision. I live any way I want to. No, no vision must bring discipline. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen is a famous Bible verse. It says, without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, without a God-given revelation, the people cast off restraint is one of the other translations. The, the Hebrew here to cast off something is actually a picture, and it's not a good picture, I'm sorry. It's, it's the people throw off their clothes and run around naked. That is the actual Hebrew concept coming from the book of Exodus. When, when Moses went up on the mountain, they had this wild, crazy party, and it went wild, and, and it was the reason why they didn't fulfill their dream of going into the promised land. There is a precursor to the scripture Let me say the scripture again. Without a vision, the people throw off restraint. They throw off vision. They throw off purpose. They throw off destiny. So vision must carry with it the follow-through, the follow-through. So you see someone that's really good at something and and um, you know, someone really good in the in the boxing, and they say, you know, they they won the title fight tonight. And if you talk to the boxer, they said, No, no, it was years of training. Tonight was just receiving the medal. And you hear this a lot. And, and it's true. The, the great guitarist and you, everyone claps and cheers and says, wow, you did, really did well. And they say, well, you should have seen all those years in my room when no one was watching. This is real. This is true. And I just think the concept of vision and then follow through is linked. Without a vision, people don't get to do the vision. <laughs> Without a vision, people don't follow through. So this is a huge area. It's not popular. It is, mm. It's not popular. The popular way is you're amazing. You can do anything. That is not true. That is incorrect. As a Christian, you can't do anything, but you can do what God has called you to do and you put your heart into. Does that make sense? Mm. Throw it back to you, Rich. Yeah. I, I guess like obviously it's one thing to get a vision, but then to actually live it out. Mm. And, you know, for years and years, yeah. like you can't just do anything. No, you can't. I, th- I think we, I've heard this a lot in as a Christian, as a Christian leader, of people looking at young people and saying, you can do anything you want to. And in my heart, I'm going, really? Mm. Um, that's, that's not real. That's not true. You can't do anything you want. You can do anything God's called you to do and you put your heart into it. <laughs> it's, it's some caveats there. Some, some, mm. some, wait, well, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not it's not that easy because if it was that easy, everyone would do it. 
but it's not that easy. Mm. Why do you think this concept is so unpopular in 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 the world? Like this 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 concept of some kind of limit, or I sh- I, I I shouldn't do that, yeah. or I I I think it's trendy. That's an old word, but I, I think mm-hmm. it's just common thought. Um, it, it, it's 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 almost like the I'm amazing, you're amazing group that just go on forever saying I'm amazing and you're amazing, but which sounds nice, but we actually need coaches in life. We need training. We need we even need some difficult experiences to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big part of life is the obstacles, and if we don't get taught that stuff if we just get taught it's your best life now and you know it's actually not i think that's a stumbling block i actually do i think it's a stumbling block for young people i think it's much better to be honest and say there is a vision but you got to fight for it where did it come from i just think it's easy thinking it's trendy it's it's but i think it's incredibly dangerous because as I said, if we don't do what we feel we should do later, it's called regret. Um, looking back at life with the, I wish I had. Um, and, and you talk to those people and, and they're not happy. So I would rather be really honest. It's like parenting with my boys. I'm not going to say to them, you're amazing and you're amazing and you can do anything. And you, When they clearly can't. And I've got to help them discover, here's this word again, discover what they're good at, and then apply themselves to those areas. Forget the rest. Apply themselves to the areas where there's vision and there's passion and there's drive. That's called parenting. It's called coaching. It's called teaching. And I think I think for Christians, we've got to have this in our life. I really do. I don't know where it's come from, but I'm not, I'm not for that. Yeah, I feel like everyone... I would hope that everyone deep down knows they can't just do whatever they want and yet yeah. still achieve that great thing that they have in their heart. Like yeah. that there's going to be some things they're going to have to say no to yeah. in order to get there. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's going to be some curveballs in life as well. And you've got to have the guts and the strength in God to get up again and, and hit that wall again. Like what? We what, have, what do you mean by that? Curveballs. Well, right now there's a pandemic. Right. And it, it's hurt a lot of people's concepts of study and opportunity and jobs. And what what do we do? What do we do? Do we do, do we just say, oh, well, it didn't happen? Or do we actually reframe and, and, and reapply? That's a curveball. Another curveball could be other forms of sickness or being fired from a job or, um, you know, mm. the, your investments didn't work or even tanked. Um, life's, life's full of this stuff. And if we don't read the Bible right, we don't get that stuff. The Bible is full of curveballs. It really is. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul, our great hero of faith, says, I was, I was uh, beaten and shipwrecked and, and we all go, not me, God. And I do too. <laughs> but what do we do when they happen? Are we ready? Are we strong? Are we resilient? We've got to build that into the lives well, we've got to help try to build that into the lives of people because it's mm. going to happen. So they're not expecting some fantasy yeah. life where everything is smooth. and Yeah. I, I, you know, there's, there's stories in history of princes that were given everything and then they ended up living a terrible life. It, that's historic as well as legend. 
that people who started with with everything didn't finish with everything because they were told you could have everything and you can't. So we've got to help young people realize, live for the right things, live for the real things, and God's word and presence is going to help you. I know I'm, I'm a bit of a broken record right now, but I do feel strongly because I see so many people with false expectations of life and maybe false expectations of marriage, which is why so many marriages fall apart. It's, I think it's a big thing. Mm. Yeah, but I think I think it resonates with people on, on a deep level when we're honest about it. I yeah. think everyone, I, I feel like if they would agree with that in their heart, I, I feel like I couldn't, I didn't have trouble swallowing that like in, in my early years, like when it, that honesty was fed to me that like, yes, you can't do that stuff. If you do that stuff, mm. it's going to lead to this and it's going to cost mm. you that thing in your heart that God's put yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I felt like I could, I could stomach that because okay. it, there was a deep yeah. you, you were given some right lessons, it. some right expectations. And, and there's a balance here. We're not talking about being negative about what mm-hmm. might happen. We're just saying stuff does happen and get tough, get strong for when that moment happens, whatever it is. Mm. Even mm. in like the area of relationships or something like as a yeah. single person, like, okay, I'm believing for this wonderful marriage. I see some great models of it in the church and in my single season, I'm yeah. going to wear the restraints of that singleness in order to have an awesome marriage Yeah, because I believe the Bible and I see it in these people's lives that are around me. It, totally. I, I could swallow the hard truth there yeah. because right. I, it, it's, it was true. Yep. So you've got a vision. It's a strong vision and stuff's going to happen to try mm-hmm. and push you off the vision, but you're going to hold the vision. Mm-hmm. That's our life <laughs> with yep. God's help. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a train on the train tracks. It's like it, it, you need the tracks to yep. run. But yeah, it's, yep. re- it's restricting it to some level. But who would, who would see train tracks as a restriction yep. It's not limiting the train's potential. No. It, it's enabling its, yeah. its potential. Well, you've got to be on the tracks to yeah. get to the next station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's like being in, in grade school and um, some people say, oh, you know, I, I don't want to do the exams. And we say, well, you've, you've, you've got to do the exams. And, oh, but I was told I was amazing and could do anything. No, you've got to do the exams. So like, that's being kind. And mm-hmm. some people think that's being harsh or mean. It's not. Or, or the sports person where the coach says, run around 10 times and I don't want to, and you've you got to run around. Is the coach being kind or harsh? Well, hopefully he's a good coach, and, but it's being kind because unless you pay the price, I was taught that as a young salesman, you've got to pay the price, but you've also got to enjoy the price. And so mm. the, that's yep. a Zig Ziglar saying that um, he's a Christian um, He's a Christian leader from my, my generation. He said, don't just pay the price, enjoy the price. Like realize how important it is to do those 10 laps of the, of the park as a, or, or as a guitarist to, to, to do your scales that no one wants to do or, or, or you know, mm-hmm. enjoy the price. Do it with a sense of joy that got to do it, may as well enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I... I, I I've probably been, there's probably been moments in my life where I've been tempted to complain about something or, <laughs> and then it's like, you have to stop yourself. It's yeah. like, what, I've, I've chosen this because I want, yeah. I want God to use me in a big way. And, and yeah. the, the reward far outweighs this mm. small temporary yeah. moment of pain or. 
Well, I remember sending you to Hong Kong all those years ago. Was that 2010 or what was the year? Uh, 2011. It was right after the, the tsunami. And, and we didn't have much money and um, you, you said, God's called me. You, you want me to go, Pastor Rod? I feel I prayed. I want to go. You lived in a tiny little apartment by yourself for how long were you in that apartment? Uh, probably about three years. I, I can't believe it. It, it well, was three just, or four. Yeah, it was, it was. It was pretty bad. Yeah, one. It, it, I, I was. It was two apartments. <laughs> one of them I could touch all the walls without moving. Oh man! And it was the first time I'd seen a, a shower yeah. going onto right. a toilet. Oh. It was like. It oh. was like. Anyway, and then the second one I from, couldn't from lace the shower, from the shower. The shower the was okay. yeah. Literally, you had to stand over the toilet as you showered. Right. Okay. And then this, sorry, too much detail yeah. detail here. But yeah. Then yeah. the the other house was like my, I couldn't lay straight on my bed. I had to lay on the <laughs> angle because there were two walls. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> but I'm really, was, I'm was really funny. sorry, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> but but my point is, you wouldn't be where you are today without those early years. Oh, and, absolutely. And if you had a wife and children. You could not do that. There was no. a season where it mm-hmm. was possible as well. Mm-hmm. So you've also got to have the right constraints in the right season. And, and I didn't send you there. I, I didn't want you to go there and say, I'm going to teach Richard, Richard a lesson. No, that no, had no. nothing to and do with it. And you didn't choose those places either. So just no. for everyone that's but, listening. <laughs> but we, we just had to get through it. Yeah. You, you just had to season. do it. Yeah. And, and I think this is a really big thing as people fulfill their dreams is mm-hmm. you've just got to make it work in its season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've met a lot of people too where um, the wife has to work really hard to help the husband get through a season of study or something like mm, um, Yep. even my own son Richie right now doing his PhD in medical science and and, and his wife is working hard. Um, there's a season. That's not going to be forever. But there's a vision. There's a, there's a, there's a vision. We, we want, that's a real God-given vision in, their, in, their, in both of their lives. But it's not forever. But if we say to people, you can have it all now, it is the wrong message. Mm. You, you can't do everything and you can't have it all now. You've got to work towards the vision and hold the vision in the hard times. This is a mm-hmm. great discussion, I think. And I, I treasure those years when yeah. I look back on it. Like I, I, I genuinely do <laughs> look back and laugh. And at the time, I, I remember as I first walked into that apartment, I laughed out loud because I... I I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. if this is what we're going to do, yeah, all right, let's be. You know, it was fun. The, the yeah. like certain details weren't fun, but you know, sure. the the adventure, living. Well, it's vision. like us coming. It's like us coming to Japan with a family, with mm. Mar- me and Viv and our two little boys, nine and four, and we didn't have much money, and it was a it was a bit of a disaster in some ways. But we had a we had a word from God. We had a vision that God was going to move in Japan, and we had to hold the vision. In the hard time, hold the constraints of the vision in the hard time, and it just got better and better over time. You got to do it, and and I think that's what we like about movies. There's the crisis. The crisis is where the hero or the heroine does the right thing in the hard time. Right, that's the mm-hmm. crisis. We love those movies, um, whether it's Star Wars or whatever. There's a crisis. You can't do this. You can't win, and they. They hold on and, and then the, the, the catharsis, they did it. Well, that's the testimony we want to hear and in my own life too and your life. We went through, we were successful. And that's where there's no regrets. 
That's what you're saying. A look back now, no regret. We got through. We, we did good. We got stronger. And then all these good things happened. And, and look at you now, just flourishing. And we're, we're in this pandemic still, but we're, we're flourishing as churches. We're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I love seeing young people going through that. Like, I'm, I, I don't mean, I mean, I just love seeing them willing to pay the price. Yes. You know, because it's, it's, it's a small price for, for what's ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can see, you can see what is coming. Can I just throw something else in here as another scripture? Is um, we love the scripture Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We always mention it. It's the scripture for Japan and probably most of Lifehouse. It just says this: I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for a future and a hope, and not for evil. In that in that scripture, God is saying, "I know the plans I have for you." So we don't inherently know all the plans. Yeah, you you don't, you didn't know exactly what's going to happen, and we didn't either. But we knew it was good. I think it's really important that we have this thing of trusting God here. Mm. Um, we're probably talking out of that, but let me clarify. It's not just blind faith. It's mm. faith in a good God. God is good. He's got a plan. It's a good plan. It's not evil. It's going to work out. I think we need to hold on to that hope and trust through that hard time, through the early days. Um, and secondly about that, sometimes we've got to work out, is this actually God's plan? Because sometimes we're holding on to something that might be our yeah. plan and God has not l- linked his design to it. That could be in a bad relationship. It could be a bad investment. It could be a bad use of time. And we're not saying God is mean. We're just saying God's not in it. Um, God never invested himself in certain plans. So I do think we do need to examine sometimes, is this the plan or is this the whole plan? Because sometimes we do need to take a new track in our train analogy. We need to take that Mm -hmm. turning to a different station. Um, And it doesn't mean we're evil necessarily, uh, although sometimes there could be evil plans. But putting that aside, it could be just the wrong direction and we need to adjust, correct. So there is that part of this as well. When things come in on us, it makes us, is this the right place? Is this the right decision? Is this the right... And, and we need to pray and read and journal and stay right with God in the hard times. For you to be in that apartment for three years, you had to constantly feel this is God's will. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not every day, but there had to be reflection, right? Yeah, and I think a big part of that is like the godly people in my life right. are in agreement. Right. We're all confirming yeah. the same thing. So I'm... Yeah. Because honestly, if it's if it's just me lone yeah. wolfing it, you know, mm. just by myself, uh, without the support yeah. of anyone or a church, or yeah, I I, I totally agree. It's, there's some countries or situations I've been to where I know it's either dangerous or difficult, but I got there and the people were amazing. And you come back talking about that, and yeah, there were some hard things, but there was God's people there. That's that's huge, eh? It really is. It's really huge. And even with our missions, we love giving to um, Tejas, which is in New Delhi. And it's the slum area of New Delhi. And we love we love Tejas and Marlow and Cheryl. And they've paid a price being there. They don't have to live there. They don't live on the slum. But living that life, we go there and we see where our money has been given from Lifehouse. And we see those beautiful kids. in, And we just want to do more. You know, like 
God's plan is for us to help them <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to, to get out of that situation, to money, education, medical, whatever we can, we're going to help those kids get out. So God's plan doesn't always mean everything's wonderful, it, but it means yeah. we see with an eye, how can we make this better? What can we do here? And I think, I think a lot of people, I actually heard this recently, one young person, a millennial, actually Gen Z in our church saying, I love our church because we give to the poor and we can see a change. I want to do that with my life. Isn't that a great comment? I want to make money, not not there, here in Japan. I want to make money because I want to make money available to help more kids. So I think pur- purpose and, and vision is 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 this overflow stuff. This I go through a hard time, but I want to do it for others as well. I think it's a huge part of fulfillment. Mm. What about as it relates to leadership? Because obviously, if you want to be a leader, then there are some restraints that go along with that role. Yep. And do you have any comments on that? Or Yeah, totally. I say to all, you and all our pastors, I want you to be, if you want to be, I want you to be in this till the end. If you want to be a pastor, I want you to be a pastor till the end with a, a, a each of you having a, an incredible amount of influence and feeling fulfilled and blessed in every way. I want, I want that for you. Therefore, we've got to have some restraints. One of them is, is actually come back into discussion recently called the Billy Graham Principle, which is we won't travel alone with women who are not our wife. Um, I remember as an early Christian, that was just like everybody. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a season where, well, that's a bit tough and that's a bit, that's a bit not trusting. And, and now it's come back. And it's come back because there has been a number of failures of people in ministry. And I've said to our team, the fact that we have restraints doesn't mean that we're going to fall into sin. Someone described it as having fences at the top of the cliff rather than ambulances at the bottom of the cliff. It's mm, great. You get that, that, that image. So put the, put the fences up. I'm not saying we're going to fall. I'm not saying anyone's bad. I'm not saying we're hanging around bad people. But just build the fences. Because this is for the long term. It's for the long term and it's better to have the fences. And the same would be about what do you look at? It's good to have some agreement with your wife or family, what you look at, what you won't look at. Um, We're not under law, but hey, come on. We've got to have some common sense decisions that don't make us or friendships that lead to a wrong path. I've, as a pastor, I've made decisions when I've, had a decision with someone and they looked at me wide open and they challenged my Christian values. And I thought to myself, this is not helpful. This is not a good friendship. I'm not going to reject them, but I can't hang out with them. So I think we've got to make decisions where we're not judging, but we're saying uh, at the end of Numbers, Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's restrictions. That's fences. That's boundaries. As for me and as for me and me, as for me and you, we're going to do this. As for me and our pastoral team, we're going to do this. As for me and my family, we're going to do this. We're not going to do this. This is common sense. And, I, and it's also biblical, um, you know, scriptures we could talk about. So because we have a vision and a dream and it's long term, we've got to put boundaries around our life, Rich. You know that, don't you? And I'm sure you have those with you and, um, you know, your family and your church as well. Yeah, and I, I guess what 
you're kind of describing there in terms of the fences versus the ambulance at the bottom is is like yeah. it's a voluntary yeah. fence like yeah okay so there's yeah i know that there's sin and when you cross that line it's sin but but i'm going to set my fence like way back and yeah you know it's because not because someone's pressured me to do it or anything like this but because i want to stay in my blessing zone in my, yeah. my vision zone and yeah it's it's a choice and it's a great choice. It, it's a great life choice for you and your family and, and the church. It's safe. And I, I want to have churches that are called safe. I want God to see our churches safe and um, people come in and find help. And Yeah. What about when other people kind of project their choices on you? <laughs> like they may, they may say you're extreme. Um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to come home and have a great night and pray and sleep well and have good health and encourage a generation. In other words, my vision is so great, I just have to, I just have to wipe that off. And, and in a way, Jesus spoke about that. He said, if you go to a town and they don't receive you, wipe the dust from your feet. And I say to my team, sometimes you need to wipe the dust from your heart, like heavy-duty criticism. You need to wipe it out and know that your choices are your choices. And... Y- there's an old saying that says the person that stands for the man that stands for everything. No, the man that stands for nothing falls for everything. Sorry. The man who stands for nothing falls for everything. If you've got no standards, you will fall for anything. You'll be that person that falls by the wayside and, and you wonder what hit you. Who, who got, um, I don't want to, I don't want to have that experience. So if I see someone making a foolish decision and there's a result, it's like note to self, not judging the person, they're not saying they're bad, but note to self, that was a foolish thing to do and it leads to this outcome, which is the book of Proverbs. It's the parables of Jesus. It's wisdom literature through the ages. It's John Maxwell. It's, it's, it, it's wisdom literature. Learn. And um, I was told that there's three days for three different ways to learn. First way is watching someone and saying, uh-uh, that's the best way to learn. That's Proverbs. Second way to learn is when I do something myself. When, as a little kid, when your mom says, don't touch the iron, the hot iron, and you touch it, ah, you learned from experience. Don't do it again. That's the bad way of learning, but it's, but it's normal. But there's a tragic way of learning is where you never learn and you make the same mistake over and over. I think we need to think about that. There's a lot of wisdom in that, that you can learn from other people's mistakes. And Proverbs is all about that. It talks about the man who does this, don't do that. And you see the man going by the way of the, 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 the woman who wants to seduce, seduce him. That's the way of death. And so that's Proverbs. Learn from God's word without doing stuff. The second way, and I, I don't want to say that second way is personal, but to see people make bad decisions, it's like, hey, guys, hey, team, learn the lessons from what you see. Don't make, the, don't make these decisions yourself because you're going to stuff up your life. And then the third type, I hope there's nobody here. We've got to learn and learn and learn. For example, one of, the, one of the stories I always think about with purpose is a guy called Esau in the Old Testament. He was a twin. Jacob and Esau, they were twins. And Esau was the older brother. And one day he got so hungry, 
he said to his younger brother, hey, make me some food and I'll give you my inheritance. And the younger brother goes, okay. And, and, and Esau lost his inheritance because he was hungry one day. And, and we think, what an idiot. But sometimes we give up our inheritance over our fleshly desires. Can't do that. You just can't do that. You can't do anything and get away with it. You can't. So as a coach in life, I'm saying, young people, make right choices. Hang out with the right people. Read God's word because God has a plan for you. I'm mm. preaching, aren't I? No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Well, I, I, I think we've got to prepare people that, that, you know, come on, there's some choices. Yeah. There's some things that's not going to help you. It's not going to help you achieve that thing that's in your heart. And uh, that's that's good. That's a good thing to to wear those restraints. Yeah. Well, right. Do, do you have any g- good kind of examples, or I don't know, any any thoughts from yourself, or maybe emotionally, or in our thinking, or relationally? I think that 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 me, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Said to Joshua at the end, of Josh, Joshua twenty four. I just think you've got to get strong on your own convictions. I'm not going to be the man that stands for nothing and falls for anything. I'm going to have some standards, some values, some goals in life, goals for my family that I will hold on to. And I don't mean that as I'm going to fight someone. I didn't mean that picture. But um, you've got to be strong. What do you want? Where are you going? Got to hold values. And this world is going to try and push you. The Bible says in uh, Ephesians 4, there's a wind there's a wind that tries to push you in every wind of doctrine, every teaching, every thought. Every you, you, That's called a baby. But we are getting stronger and stronger. We stand strong. We we put down our roots deep. Um, we, If you're in, a, in a, the concept of camping, you put your, your tent pegs deep. You dig in. I think that's, that's the key to anyone, no matter what age you are. You've got to have values and stick to your values. Hmm. Awesome. Well, what a great discussion! Uh, just amazing, and I, I think we, uh, I think we can finish here. Just want to encourage people to to keep go for keep it. strong in this area, and yeah. hey, pay the price. It's worth it if God's yeah. uh, given you a vision and put something on your heart. Yeah. And uh, yeah, any final comments, Pastor? Um, just what I said earlier. Don't just pay the price. Enjoy the price. Yeah. This is a great outcome. Well said. Fantastic. Well, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Look forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.